You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Everyone thinks I had a storybook career, that I just sprang into Disney Channel stardom overnight, made millions, and lived happily ever after. Spoiler alert, I didn't. There were countless failures along the way, and there still are. How I deal with that struggle and how I pivot when failure creeps in is what allows me to keep going, keep learning, and keep striving for balance. The Vulnerable Podcast is an invitation to hang out every week with me, Christy Carlson Romano, as I invite friends, celebrities, and experts for in-depth conversations discussing the good, the complicated, the beauty of being human, and what it means to be vulnerable. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate the ups and downs of my guests' paths to success. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to episode nine of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Thank you for downloading. Got absolutely loads to get through uh, this evening, and we're a little bit shorter than than usual as well. So maybe not so many wild tangents, um, but you can never guarantee that. It's, it's me and Dan here again. So I can't promise that. I'm sure you'll be you'll be creating those mazy runs like James Hook in his prime, which uh, which I'm sure will come on to. Uh, how are we doing, Dan? Good, good. Feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit odd in here tonight. Mine with these pain fumes. Yeah, we've. Uh, <laughs> so again, we're in our uh, we're in our usual studio location, and it's going through a bit of a refurb at the moment. And one of the uh, the consequences is that there's been a lot of spray painting going on in here today. So hopefully, it won't lead us into any kind of um, any kind of hallucinogenic <laughs> experiences. But yeah, it is a bit uh, it is a bit smelly and. Starting to, uh, yeah, starting to fill it. Your a eyes bit are going in there. Yeah, I know. That's it. I've got so, a bit of a cold as well. So yeah, it's uh, 
it could be it could be a difficult one tonight. But um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that will make us more interesting than normal. Absolutely, who absolutely. can tell? Um, as always, we'd love to hear from you. So at Attacking Scrum on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Attacking Scrum, and uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your mates, etc. The usual, uh, the usual housekeeping stuff. But we've got lots of stuff to review this week, and really, as always, in part one. Fronting up is what we call it because we look at um, kind of the biggest issues from uh, from Welsh rugby. And this week, personally, I think there's only one place to start, and that's this this George North situation. So it's another head injury we're talking about. Yeah, George yet North yet again, yet again, another one for him. It is. Has he? Yeah, I was going to say, has he got a problem there? But uh... well, he well he has obviously. You know, I mean, I, I'm not a neurologist, right? And that's there's been a lot of armchair medics this week, which I think has kind of added fuel to the fire. But it's a concern, right? Starting with with George as an individual, it's a concern that this has happened yet again, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It was quite. Uh, it's it's difficult to watch them, isn't it? Um, it is. You end up watching them quite. You, you watch them quite a few times and from another diff, number of different angles. And um, I can't help but think that he's got uh, he's got an issue. An issue, actually. As we always say, it's it's difficult sat here, right? Because we're always speculating, but. We're just a pair of fans, right? And sat there watching, you know, a player that we love to watch when he's playing at his best, lying face down, stone cold. That's a worrying sight, isn't it? Yeah, he looked and he looked to be out to me. Well, he did to me as well. And that therein lies Emotionless. the yeah, and therein lies the real difficulty of this is because we don't know, right? No. But well, only he knows. Only he knows, and what we can go on is what we can see, and from what we can see, it's pretty worrying mm. that he's lying flat you know face down in the turf after a challenge like that yeah I um, what do you think needs to be done for me I think there's only one real solution and I think you have to take that responsibility away from the medical staff of of the clubs there is a lot of money particularly in the premiership and there's a l- all kinds of angles that you're able to see this at you have to have an independent medical professional there making that call as if it was you know as if it was boxing or a sport like that because the hits are so big in rugby now player welfare you know it's a term that's thrown around but it's hugely important yeah i don't think i don't think we can't go we've got to go down that route haven't we and uh what would you have them in the uh up in the uh, up in the box well with, i'd uh, i'd have someone i'd have someone with access Again, I don't know which way around this should be, but there should be someone in the bo- uh, in the, the TMO box advising because you've got access to the every single to angle. every single angle, and that's yeah. one of the funny things with this is we're not sure whether you know it seemingly looks as though Northampton haven't been able to see the footage. Yeah, didn't they say they they, they saw some some of the footage, but, but not, not all the angles? Angle. Yeah, that's that's hard. I can't really get my head around that. Yeah, well, yeah, for want of a better term, but yeah, um, yeah that's a, again, I don't know how much how important it is to see it from every angle but the severity from how we saw it at home yeah. well, I maybe that would influence your decision it's critically important to see it from every angle isn't it and yeah. they they must be able to see it from every angle if they sounds a bit wrong doesn't it but if they want to but does, does it come down to that well I suppose the other thing is you they have they want to see it from every angle again maybe it's one of those things where you're worried that you're going to be influenced by it because I don't know if you're if you are a um you know, if you're a team doctor and you're giving the head injury assessment to George North straight up, 
and you're happy that that he's passed it, should you need to see any video footage? Mm. I yeah, I guess it's got to be done on a on a case by you know on a case by case, isn't it? Because he has had a number of issues. Mm. Um, and so I, th- I think you have to look at every single angle. Yeah. When it's somebody like George North, who's obviously got um, a history of, of, of head injuries and concussions. Should that come into it, though? Because let's say, for example, it's a player who hasn't got any any uh, history of head injuries and has suffered a a uh, you know a fall like that. It should be black. It should be black and white, shouldn't it? This is the protocol that you do for every single person that has a head injury. But the protocol is seemingly, you know, because obviously this, it was North that triggered this mm. in 2015. And seemingly the, the head injury assessment is black and white now, that a player is either fit to continue or not. My argument would be that that should be undertaken by someone who has no affiliation with either, with either side. Yeah, well, they haven't, got, they haven't quite got it right yet. Have they? It needs to be tweaked. Yeah, it does seem that way. One of the big things that I think has really fueled this, though, is... Is that there's been a lot of reaction from fans like us saying it doesn't look it doesn't you know it doesn't look as though he should have been allowed back on the field, and then there's been people like Jonathan Davis who was on Scrum Five saying you know who are who are fans to to criticise the medical staff. Where do you stand on that? Should we be should we be questioning the methods? Yeah, absolutely, because it's player welfare. So I think in in those. Instances, fans have got a have got a right to pipe up and say, you know, what they feel because a lot of them have got very very valid points. Yeah, no, I th- yeah, well, I you know, I'd always, as we said on the the podcast in the past, often think it's quite easy to to deem a fan's view as kind of second class to the to the pundits and stuff. But if you've got a platform like social media to try and hold someone accountable or to 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 raise questions, then. I think you have got to, you have got to look at that. And as we speak, there's a, a huge amount of reviewing that's going on between uh, Premiership Rugby Northampton and an independent panel, I believe, into this situation, which is all very, very quick. You know, for me, I think if it was a clear cut and dry, okay, no, he's fine, should be on the field, then there wouldn't be this. Yeah, that's this kind of review. The reason why people are people are commenting in their droves is because. There's lots of different opinions, aren't there? People care as well. Yeah, you know, there's a lot. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't comment if you if you weren't bothered. No, I absolutely agree. With regards to the refereeing on it, having seen the incident, do you think you got the decision right? I think the yellow card. I think he got it wrong. Go on. I would have, I, I would have given a red for that. Based on you know, again, let's let's try and take George out of the equation and say it was anyone. You know, it was the, it was the right winger for Northampton. We took he took him out in the air. Yeah, and so for me, if you if you take someone out in the air, then you you almost got to expect to have a red. I don't think it it should come into the equation on how they land, because that is it's absolute potluck. Mm. Whether someone lands on their feet, their back, their head, um, whatever, it's you've got to have you've got to have one rule if we're really going to change this. But that's that's the bit that because I, uh, as far as I'm aware, according to the law, I hate that expression to the letter of the law. I've just used it, but it does. It is one of those things yeah. that annoys me a bit. But according to the laws of the game, if you take a player out in the air like that, you know, which I don't think was intentional, but it's, it's misjudged, and the player lands on his side, which the video footage suggests he does, 
then it's not a red card. But I'm with you on this. Why You don't know where they're going to land. You've got no way of telling... In a collision like that, you've got no way of telling where they're going to land. They've got to penalise the, the contact and then whatever happens after that. And there will be... If, if it goes that way, there will be some decisions where people will get hit and they'll land on their feet and they'll be absolutely fine. But you've got to have it... It's got to be black and white. What about then if he'd have gone up for the ball, had misjudged that, taken North in the air and he's landed in a similar scenario, but he is trying to play the ball rather than play the man? What happens there? If he's, if he's playing the ball, then it's another... It's, I mean, it's very, very difficult, isn't it, to... Uh... If, you, if you're going up and you've got... You know, your eyes are, you know, your eyes are on the ball... Mm. Um, and your hands are on the ball as well. I suppose it's a little bit different, but that was just—it was almost just—he was just clumsy, wasn't he? Didn't you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any malice in it, but it was looks pretty reckless and and dangerous. I just think there's too there is there is too much interpretation on this, and that is one of the worst outcomes I've seen from one of those. But I've seen red cards given for less. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that I think every fan finds frustrating is the inconsistencies that that seem to go on I'm just going to take someone a quick tangent here away from um, away from the George North case and talking of eyes looking at the ball have you seen Dudley Phillips latest clangor (laughs) from the Ospreys game at the weekend that was comical what on earth is going on there I've got no idea it was a terrible decision um He'd be looking back at that and thinking, "Oh God!" I but he was so pass. adamant about it. That... Yeah, he delivered it, didn't he? Yeah. Saying that um, no, it was uh, it was absolutely fine. You see, Alan Alan Winchell yeah. wasn't happy at all, was he? I know, and I um, and I think that's him keeping a lid on it as well. I can yeah. imagine he was living in the dressing room. Yeah, it was a terrible decision that. And that's the thing that I that I worry about is that if having seen the the TMO footage. That Dudley Phillips is coming to that conclusion and is sticking to it. We well, doesn't know the rules. If he, he doesn't know that, the rules, and if, clearly, and if that's the case, then we're in real, real trouble here. If you're allowing referees to have this, um, to have the overall say on it, do you know what I mean? That if we're, um, if it's if it's up to the referee to make the decision on it, then it, almost there's, there is no room for interpretation. If they're going to make decisions as bad as that, that one's fine, right? It's frustrating. The Ospreys concede a try in a game that they win anyway. In a way, you can look back at it and laugh. You, you when there's player, but when there's player welfare it, about it, yeah. and you've got someone saying, "Okay, right, well, he's got eyes on the ball." You know, what if that had been if Dan Evans had been jumping, they both jumped for it, and he'd taken him out in the air, and there's some serious injury caused. That's where you worry about it and just go, "Look, actually, the, the quality of the referees could could have a serious impact on." An injury for a player. Yeah, I know. I, it's, it's, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because just as we're just as we're talking about this now, I'm almost wanting to go back on what I said earlier. It's if you if you stop players, if you go too hard with it to, to take too hard a line, people mm. won't be contesting. Yeah, um, and then it just almost makes a bit of a, a bit of a sham of, of uh, there wouldn't be any aerial battles, maybe. Um, and it is a great part of the game. It's 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 not easy, is it? It's no, a it's not. It's a complex issue. 
and unfortunately there are very very serious you know injuries that come about because of it so yeah I'd, I'd, I don't know, we could ask 10 people, they'd have, probably everyone would have a slightly different answer. But why is it that it's... Because it's a relatively recent phenomenon, isn't it? Mm. It's not something that you look back at well, games the from the 80s. And, well, there's the concussion element. They were always there, weren't they? But we didn't know about them. Yeah. Is that what's driving this, though? That, that because yeah. of the microscope being on concussion, which I 100% agree with, is that why the aerial challenges are so much under the microscope? I would say so. Because there are other injuries that could occur... Other than just concussion, yeah, this there it's more obvious, isn't it? Because you put a ball up, you 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 know you're all fo- you're all focusing on what's going to happen at that point. Whereas there are there will be concussions during the game that will be that will be missed or head collisions mm. that you know people charging into rucks, but the camera's not on that part or people taking heads, you know, head to head, you know, knee to, whatever it may be, knee to head. Um, but it's just you're all, all eyes are focused on that on on those situations, and now. Well, every single time there's a uh, you know there's a cross kick or there's an, an up and under whatever it may be, you're almost you're almost waiting for for someone to take a tumble down and it's what's it going to be a, a yellow or a red? Mm. That's how it kind of feels to me at the moment. Taking it away from player welfare from a for a moment, another mm. kind of bastion of rugby is is the the fair play element to it. Are we in danger? as well as policing it so strongly that there is the opportunity for a bit of play acting, the kind of football scenario creeping in. Yeah, because it's a professional game. Yeah. So it'll come in. I mean, George said he was... George said he wasn't out, didn't he? He wasn't... Yeah. He, he hadn't knocked himself out when he was... He was he was bloody... He was stiff when he was lying down there. So what was he, what was he doing? Do you think there's any... Any chance... And again, this is wildly speculating. Do you think there's any chance that he could have been... Yeah, that there has to. Yeah, there could be a chance. And again, we'll never know. But the players will know that if somebody go, you know, if somebody goes up like a, mm. if somebody comes down and falls like that, there's a very, very strong chance. I'd like to think that, that isn't that isn't the I, case though. Given absolutely, I'm not saying because that, I, he would be aware that the amount of blows he's taken to the head, he knows the attention that is on him. Yeah, as an individual. And I can't imagine that he would. I mean, it's, it's again, it's speculation, right? But I can't imagine that he would feign injury in order, no, I, you know, I, knowing what it would put. It yeah. would put the uh, it would put Adam Thompson through. I agree with you. Um, I don't think he would be the type of person to do that. But if we're talking yeah. generally, in 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 games, you know, with with all different types of players, then yeah, there there it will there will be players that will. That will maybe uh, you know try and pull the wool over the referee's eyes, um, and it's a split second thing, isn't it? So they'll some almost they'll almost maybe do it out of instinct and then regret it or whatever. We've we've seen it with with decent players mm. that have done things they regret. So yeah, it will uh, you know in the heat of battle, anything can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I suppose the other thing again, trying to take it away from from player welfare, which I think we're both in agreement is the is of paramount importance, right? That's the most important thing, is that is that the players are safe when they play the game. The other thing we've, we've got to look at is, and again, this is much less important, is how the game kind of flows and that we don't lose. Yeah, it's a very good point. Because the, so, the games are getting more and more sort of staccato, aren't they? We're, yeah. we're, we're stopping, we're starting, we're reviewing everything. Because um, you see a lot of... 
you know, phase will two, three phases of play will will go on, and someone's looking back at a ruck and whether someone used used their arms in there, and a lot of it feels like there's more inconsistency within there. And all the refs are as well are afraid of making a mistake, so you know, I think it takes a pretty strong uh, character as a ref now just to let you know let the game go mm. and uh, almost you know put their hands up and say, "Look, I'm going to make I'm going to make errors, but I'm going to have a." A, a, a faster flowing game then, or fluid game, um, which Nigel does a little bit of, doesn't he? Yeah, he'll, he'll you know he'll use he uses head, um, and he'll he'll make a few decisions without always going to the TMO. But not everyone feels always as good a ref as him, um, yeah. and you also see it with the scrums as well. How slow are the scrums? Is are all these other bits contributing to ev- slowing everything down? You know. Because some of the games are a, a bloody tough watch now. Aren't they? Yeah, and they're and they're long and stop yeah. start, and it's definitely getting worse. Yeah, I think the use of the TMO is, and but I, there are there are easy wins with this for me. I think we have just got to simplify how TMO is used for is used for tries. You know what? If there's a forward pass that the referee misses three phases before a try is scored, tough shit. You know, you're just gonna have to kind of. Deal with it. That's for the referee to police. Really, I just think it it has to come down to grounding, knock-ons, whether a foot was in touch. That's what a TMO should be used for in and around the try area, and that would take out a load of. It's almost just the grounding then. Yeah, yeah. I think pretty much. You know, that's how it used to be. Yeah. When it first came in, and there wasn't that many, yeah. that many problems with it. That way, it takes the yeah. pressure off the referee to to go upstairs. Yeah, that would be, that would. I'd agree. I think that's a good suggestion. When you review some of the old games, you can see quite a few forward passes mm. and there's little knock-ons, but they're great tries. Yeah. And the games are loose and they flow. Um, and if it's if that's brought in, then both sides know know the score and you play to it. Yeah. And there's a, if there's a fractional forward pass at the end of like an amazing yeah. backs move by Newport. By Newport. Or the dragons. Oh, yeah. God. You'd let it go. Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> um, but if there is an amazing, if there is an amazing backs move, yeah. and you have that incredible elation of, of a try being scored, it can ruin it by going, okay, right, well, let's check upstairs. Oh, is there oh, yeah. fractionally forward? And everyone says, oh, it deserves to deserve the try. If it deserves a try, should it be a try? Nah, I don't know. I just think, you t- for me, that would be an easy win to take it out of the game and just use it for... I would use it for grounding, whether someone's in touch, or if it's off a kick, whether someone is um, in front of the kicker. Because again, I could see how that might slip by. Everything else, I think you kind of you just have to leave to the referee and the and the touch judges. Yeah. And then the other the other scenario is, is foul play, right? And that's the important bit. Has a player because there are going to be occasions, right, where a twenty stone bloke. Is running at another twenty stone bloke, gets his head in the wrong place, a knee catches him in the face, and he could suffer concussion as a result. There are lots of dangerous things that happen on the on the rugby field. Where there is deliberate foul play, where someone has has put another player's welfare in danger, I agree that should be reviewed there and then, and it has to be sensible. Like the way, like we said, Nigel Owens kind of does it. You have the TMO looking at it, going, yeah. He swung an arm at him at the, at the side of a ruck. Bring it back and and take sanctions. Yeah, there. That's a good. Yeah, it's another good point. But I think we could do away with 
do away with a lot of the uh, the replays because it's just it's just making the games you know difficult to difficult difficult to watch and uh, I think we'll be we'll be turning people away from the game. Yeah. Really, Another criticism that often gets labelled at referees and and kind of at the governing bodies is that they haven't played the game to any kind of standard and don't have enough sympathy for the players. Is that something that could be rectified? Is there a way of having ex-players closer to the game in order to? Uh, I don't think ex. I don't think ex-players want to be refs, do they? No, I don't um, think they want to be refs. But could you have them as part of a a refereeing panel? That is able to help advise on on how the you know every Six Nations or every Autumn International there's a new directive on something, and it always seems to frustrate fans, whatever it is. What well, so you 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 mean? So the referees speaking to ex players. I'm not necessarily speaking. saying during the game, but when no, but during tra- during like a a training program or session. Is that what you? I think when the laws are being formulated, there is a role for. And I don't know how to what extent this happens already, but there is a role for someone who is who's close to the game. So scrummaging, for example, right? You have to have someone who's been a, a front row forward, maybe even a second row in there as well, to help advise. Do they not do this though? It's a good question. It is a it is yeah. a good question. Because I, they... I know Brian I know Brian Moore yeah. was involved on advising yeah. after after Wales demolished England in the scrum in 2013. I know he presented um, yeah. presented kind of his feedback to it, but I don't know on what, I would have, yeah, on I, what extent I, it's done on a regular I, basis. I'd hope that, that, it, that, it, that it goes on because, yeah, especially if they're bringing in a new law or what's, and, and on, the, and on the, any, any law at the moment, I think current or, well, even current, so current players and, and former Form players can say, yeah, this, you know, what would you, what would you do, ref, in this, in this circumstance? And they'll say X and they can say, but, from a player's point of view, this is why mm. we would do. You know, this is why we're moving in this way or that way. Um, that's really important, isn't it? It is, but and like I say, I don't know to the extent to what that goes on already. But it does feel like sometimes these these directives are put in without knowing what the implications are going to be on a player. Mm. Well, that's where Nigel he, he more often than not gets it right, doesn't he? Because he has. That's where has that's played. definitely. Well, yeah, to, to a degree. Yeah, but he has, but, though. But, you know. Most importantly, is he is he has sympathy for how the game is played, and I think yeah, that's, but that's because he's played. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't. You know, it's not like he was an international or anything anywhere no, near no, that. But you he's know. still, but he's still. Surely, surely these guys, you know, these awful Irish referees you see in the Pro Twelve every week. Surely they've played at some level. I don't know. I think a lot of them haven't, haven't, have never picked up a ball. Really? Yeah, yeah. And so, maybe to get into the game, being a referee is a way in. But that's and, pretty much uh, what Nigel did because he's you know he wasn't. Well, he played he himself. Played, would admit he was not a. No, he said he he, always, he came out didn't he and said he wasn't. Uh, I think he said he was the worst player in the team. Yeah, but and that's that, why he became a ref. He's that type of guy. I think he mm. take the you know take the mick out of himself. But he played mini rugby, didn't he? he played schoolboy rugby. Surely, surely think, though, like uh, you know, a Pro Twelve referee can't have got through to become a referee without having played mini and junior rugby. And well, I think we need to find out. You know, we need to have a little look oh, at it. Probably says something about our. Um... I think, I think you'd be quite surprised at the number of refs that have, that have never played. Well, I mean, either either way, it feels to me as though the directives that are put in place don't show enough mm. sympathy for players. I mean, fair play to them, for but, I, but but I feel for, I I feel for referees in a situation like the like what happened to George North on on um, on Friday. 
because that's uh, was it Friday or Saturday night I think um, because that is a difficult one to police I, he got it right according to the according to the laws of the game but I'm not entirely sure that that's that that's the right way it's, that it's, it should be policed it's mission impossible for the refs in, the, in those circumstances and they're going to Sometimes they're going to get it right. Sometimes they're going to get it wrong, uh, depending on depending on your take on it. But yeah, um, I mean, that's just the way. It, that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. Well, George, George North, it looks as though um, isn't going to play any part in uh, in this weekend's rugby, which, yeah, as a precautionary measure, I think is is an essential. So I mean, we can only hope that that he carries on, and we don't yeah. see too many of these in the future. Uh, you do hope he's obviously we hope he's all right, but he. Uh, I just can't help but think that he's. Um, He's got some some sort of weakness weakness there. Well, you, um, I think it's going to be hard for it to not play on your mind when you've been through that number of that number of serious head collisions. Yeah, and yeah, just you know, from a from a selfish point of view as a as a Wales fan, you you want to see him come back to that level of destructive back play that we know he's capable of. And you know, obviously, he wasn't there in the autumn. I don't I don't necessarily think that's as a result of his layoff last season because he, he played very well in the New Zealand the first test in New Zealand and he started the season very well mm. so I think you know the important thing is that he's he's safe to play rugby because yeah. as much as it would be a shame to see him um, not hit those same heights again the most important thing is, is it doesn't have any impact on him as a human being after he finishes playing the game yeah yeah absolutely what do you, do you think that um, all players playing well, let's just keep it to the elite level then, mm. should have a precautionary assessment um, you know, before the start of every season because you know, players are picking up knocks that aren't, aren't identified through... You know, there's training in there as well. Yeah. We, don't know, we don't know what's going on there. No, of course. Um, training battles, is that, is that something that may come in or is sensible? So, what are you saying from a from an independent assessment from the league or from yeah independent or or, or just just a club that they assess I imagine the I imagine that goes on anyway, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know whether I don't know whether it does. Cause I would have put, thought I would have thought it does on could a be regular basis. Out there that have got you know, obviously they would have done very well to get to get to the level at which they they're playing at without with having a weakness. But there could be players out there that have got weak. You know, weak skulls, whatever it may be, that it just it's just not identified. They've gone through and been lucky and and have missed, have, have missed a collision. Well, yeah, I mean, um, if, it, if it isn't happening, then yeah, definitely, it's got to be, it's got to be reviewed, and not just on a season basis. It's got to be done on a regular basis, where someone is is fit and safe to play. That has to be the first. That has to be the first thing, and it's difficult because we hate watching, you know, all the. The referee and stopping the starts, but it is it is fundamentally the most important part is that no one suffers as a result of concussion or neck injury or whatever it might be. I just think there is um we've got a little way to go in order to to make this um to make the game safe. And like I say, for me, in game, it's about having an independent an independent medical team there to make the to make the call for them. Yeah. Well let's hope that happens. Let's hope so. <clears throat> Plenty coming up in part two. We've got uh, loads of rugby to look back on. Lots of news uh, this week from uh, from Wales and uh, and beyond. So we'll be coming up very, very shortly. As always, drop us a line at Attacking Scrum, facebook.com forward slash Attacking Scrum and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Everyone thinks I had a storybook career, that I just sprang into Disney Channel stardom overnight, made millions, and lived happily ever after. Spoiler alert, I didn't. There were countless failures along the way, and there still are. How I deal with that struggle and how I pivot when failure creeps in is what allows me to keep going, keep learning, and keep striving for balance. The Vulnerable Podcast is an invitation to hang out every week with me, Christy Carlson Romano, as I invite friends, celebrities, and experts for in-depth conversations discussing the good, the complicated, the beauty of being human, and what it means to be vulnerable. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate the ups and downs of my guests' paths to success. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.